Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Landy Lodge, where today we are talking about the highly acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV, which has turned into one of my favorite games as of late. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking about it, gushing about it. We'll also uh, share my critiques and where I think the series can improve, but... Before we get into any of that, we have got quite a share of people to thank. Uh, some of them here in the chat already, like my man Corey Siracus, a sage of the lodge, dropping in here. But that's exactly who we have to thank before we move forward in the slightest. So without further ado, let's give a lot of love and major shout out to the sages of the lodge. That being David, Scott, Jill, Shane, Corey, Nick, Kevin, Michael, Brendan. And then when we move over here, we've got Blaze Does Gaming, Jack to Park, Brady Burleson, Lands of Masters, Seaman, The Hidden One, Billy the Kid, Lawrence, Grey Goose, Lamb, Gaseous Snake, Jan Van S, DJ Ghoul, Corey Siracus, the man chilling right now, and Jordan Krupka. Mookie and Orpheus Joshua. What an absolute list of legends. Um, speaking of legends, uh, I think Final Fantasy XIV is going to go down as a legendary game. That's the foot I'm going to start us off by. I am somebody, and yeah, we are going to dive right into it, by the way. Um, by the way, just so everybody knows, I'm operating under the same uh, pretty much setup as the last podcast. My PC is still in the shop. I'll have it back within a couple of days. Uh, but right now, it's the Lady of the Lodge's laptop that is saving the day. So, major shout out to her. Again, she's saving the day, saving the Lodge. Thank goodness. But again, let's dive right into it. I really think Final Fantasy XIV is a legendary game by today's standards, and I think it'll be a legendary game by tomorrow's standards. And this is for a like wide majority of reasons. Um, I think the game itself and its development has a story to tell, and I think that the story that the characters in game itself carries out is pretty incredible too. Um, if not the best Final Fantasy has to offer. And again, it does have some things going for it. It has some advantages um, by being an MMO over previous installments. Uh, but, but my man Corey here says, big fan of FF14. Now that you're doing a pot on it, are you finally all caught up? Corey, I am all caught up. I have played through all of Endwalker. Um... And again, I'm going to get into this a little bit, but the leg of Shadowbringers into Endwalker is some of the best RPGs has ever had to offer, period. Um, I really think, you know, I go back and forth with which story I liked more, Shadowbringers or Endwalker. I'm curious what you think. Um, I think Endwalker, but Shadowbringers is what like really reeled me into this, into the, into this installment. Like, I'm actually someone who, you'll, you'll hear a lot of people tell you that a Realm Reborn could be a drag, or that it's, uh, it's a bit mid. I would actually disagree with that. I think it's definitely by far and away the weakest campaign in Final Fantasy XIV. But as far as just, like, being an RPG and telling a story and giving you a fun game to play, a Realm Reborn is really pretty damn good. Like, I think I like a Realm Reborn as much as I like Final Fantasy XV. And I like Final Fantasy XV. Not a shot on it. But either way, I um, there's a lot I want to talk about. I want to get into the story. I want to get into the characters. I want to get into the specific campaigns and how I would order them. But at the end of the day, first things first, Final Fantasy is a video game series. So we're going to talk about the game itself. And let's just jump right into some of the meat and potatoes being the combat. Now, oh, geez, I didn't fill in my new donation, new sub, new follower. Oh, man. Well, I'm just going to ask everybody to ignore that for this episode. We're going to move forward. Anyway, anyway, um, what you see on the screen right now is uh, it's a mission from pretty early in the game. So the combat does look pretty basic. But I wanted to show what this game looks like at its beginning and a little bit closer towards its end. Um, you know, I wouldn't say the combat is this game's strong point, but I would say the combat in this game is pretty strong. And that surprised me because I think the combat gets off to a pretty slow start. I think in A Realm Reborn, 
the combat can get a little bit redundant. But over the course of this game, what the combat grows into is something truly spectacular. Um, but I will say, the combat works much better in groups than it does when you're flying solo. So, you know, the game oftentimes will, more often than not, will put you on a solo mission. But to me, I feel like the gameplay really comes together when you're in a group. And honestly, sometimes the bigger the group, the better the gameplay. Um, you know, I wasn't sure when I started Final Fantasy XIV if I was going to do primarily um, like online missions or if I would do offline. Because that's one thing I, say, I would say I really like about the game is, look, I've only been playing it for a year and a half. A little bit longer than that. But I'll tell you this. The game looks and feels like, how do I put it? In the year and a half that I've been playing it, they've made incredible updates to the game. Like the updates just don't stop. They keep going. But hey, I see we got Treehouse and Jashish in the chat. Corey Sarakis says, my personal favorite is Shadowbringers. It's what got me into the lore heavily that I wasn't as interested after Stormblood being a weaker installation. This is where I'm with you. I think Heavensward is incredible, and I really like Stormblood, but I think it's weaker than Heavensward. That being said, I'm with you, Corey. Shadowbringers is what had me hooked, is what made me go, I need to know what this is all about. Corey says, Endwalker kept me going on the game, though. Loved every bit of it, especially having played for a few years. It really felt like the ending it was promised as. It truly has that ending of a saga, ending of an arc feel to it, doesn't it? I feel like that's what you're getting at. Um, that's one thing. The storytelling and the pacing in this game is remarkable. But getting back to the combat, now that I got these legends, Treehouse and Jashish in the chat. But anyway, getting back into the combat, it really shines when you're playing in a group. If you look at the screen right now, we have... Um, what looks to be like a level 60 mission that I recorded myself on. I'm playing as a tank class gunbreaker. And again, I I personally, I love playing as, as a tank. Like the boss battles where you're, you're holding it down. The boss is focused on you. You're tanking it. The healers are throwing buffs at you. The DPS is trying to rack up damage. I don't know, man. I think that's what's so cool about Final Fantasy XIV is it really drags you into the world of Final Fantasy. I'll get into that in all regards, but let's talk about the battle. This makes you feel like you're part of a party. If you've ever wondered what it must feel like for a Final Fantasy character to be part of a party, to be part of like a strategic unit, this really gives you that feel. And you could, you have a choice. You could do it with NPCs or you could do it online with your fellow Warriors of Light. And I prefer the latter, but honestly, I have found both equally as rewarding. SMH, how is it going? I finally caught your stream. I'm, I'm glad you did. It's always better with you in here. My man Jashish says, Bro, Landy, I started FF14 before it relaunched as a Realm Reborn. And while I may have only played up until right before Stormblood, I'm so proud of how far it's come. Dude, I hope you could get back into your account somehow. Um, Square Enix is like customer service, at least while I've been playing the game has been pretty excellent, it might be worth it to try and track it down. Because, um, dude, I would love to run some missions with you. Nice, we both play Gunbreaker. Dude, Gunbreaker is so much fun. And you know what? While we're talking about the combat and while we're talking about the gameplay, let me tell you this much. What I love is that it's so welcoming and it's so fluent to try different classes, different weapons, different... like. I've played as a samurai, I've played as a black mage, I've played as a red mage, I've played as a gunbreaker, I've played as a gladiator, I've played as a paladin, and in a lot of ways, like I just named six different classes, it feels like I've played six different games, and they're so easy to jump into and jump between, so that if you boot up the game and you feel like playing as a healer, you can really give yourself that option. You feel like playing as a tank on Tuesday, DPS on Wednesday, it's, oh man, bots in the chat, are you freaking kidding me, man? Breaking up my groove. How dare you? How dare you? Let me take care of this. Let me take care of this. I can't believe this. Oy. 
Let's get this guy out. There we go. Okay, we're back. Two, one, three, one, two, three. God dang, bots out of here. Yeah, just flood the chat whenever you see those motherfuckers. Dude, Trios, that's exactly what that emote is for. Right there. That face is for the bots. And that's my boy Daryl, by the way. Shout out to him. Big fan of Final Fantasy X, my friend Daryl. Um, just fun facts. Anyway, getting back to it. One thing I love is like, if you want to have Tank, Tuesday, Tank Tuesdays, Healer Wednesdays, DPS Thursdays, this game really does let you do that. And it's cool because now I feel like I have a taste of what all my favorite Final Fantasy characters have felt. I know what Squall felt like with his gun blade. You know, I know what Auron felt like being more of a swordsman, like samurai class. It's all been really cool like that and really rewarding. Um, and again, I like the dungeon crawls a lot. But I think the boss battles and the combat is where it shines a little bit more than the sort of puzzles, world exploration. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to go refill my water, maybe stack a few waters. This way I don't, you know, interrupt the podcast a number of times just hydrating. So hang tight. We'll be right back. And uh, yeah, we'll keep talking FF14. You know me. I could talk it all day. Okay, we are back. Let me uh, let me tell you guys. So the song you actually were just listening to is from Final Fantasy XIV. We're going to talk about the soundtrack at a certain point, but just want to let you know that was a little taste of the soundtrack right there. Uh, but anyway, it's good to be back. I've realized, guys, since I'm always drinking waters during these podcasts, I think it's time I'm going to get a mini fridge. Just get like a mini fridge under the desk. That's such a good song. Dude, the soundtrack is unreal. I actually, and I'll, I'll die on this hill, I think Final Fantasy XIV is the best soundtrack in the whole series. I will die on that hill. I will die on that hill. Yeah, sicko fridge. Keep me hydrated, baby. Keep my ass in this seat. Corey Sarakis says, soundtrack is absolutely perfect. The moment I fell in love with the game was the Shiva Trial beat drop. Mwah, chef's kiss. Couldn't agree more, dude. I really think it's a perfect soundtrack. There's a little something for everybody on that. Like, even if you're not going to play this game, if you love video game music, you should totally check this soundtrack out. It's, they knocked it out of the park in every way. Landy, your skin looks mad good, homie. Like, 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 like this, like the skin, like on my body or like the, the podcast skin. I don't even know. Anyway, listen, I live in the sunshine state. It's all the vitamin D. Must be that, right? Anyway, going back to the combat, I just want to round out the combat discussion. Um, anyway, to put it bluntly, I think it, the combat shines when you play in groups. I think a lot of the gameplay shines if you have a group, by the way. Like, if you have friends to play this game with, elevates the experience completely. LOL, your skin skin. Yeah, baby. Sunshine state. You know how it is. Um, Sunshine State and a lot of vitamin C. But anyway, skincare routines aside, um, overall, even though I don't think the combat is the strong point of the game, I thoroughly believe it to be a strength. Thoughts on Sora coming to FF14? Well, this is what I love about the director, Yoshi P. And I'll tell you right now, after he's already one of the biggest names in gaming. I'm going to tell you right now, after Final Fantasy 16, Yoshi P 
will be one of, if not the biggest, like, name in gaming. I, I really mean it. I really mean it. That's just my prediction. Patari says, never played any FF games, but I keep up with it due to Kingdom Hearts. Patari, there are a lot of great places to start. Um, there are a lot of great places to start. If you're looking for a classic, FF10 is a beautiful game to this day. Holds up. Masterpiece. Um, if you're looking for next level gameplay, I would say Final Fantasy VII Remake. Great place to start. If you're looking for just all of the above, Final Fantasy XIV, baby. Corey Sarakis says, the community is very welcoming too. If you don't have friends to start with, it's very easy to make friends along the way. 100%. So actually, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. This is a little bit, um, this is a little bit obscure part of the gameplay, but this is another part of the game I love so much is you really can have your own experience with it. So I just moved into an apartment building. By the way, this is my character, Leonardo Libertas, um, Endwalker himself. Anyway, um, this is my apartment. And this is part of what I love too, is like, there's literally like an Animal Crossing post game. You can get all this furniture, you can build out your dude's home, and it's really accessible too. Getting an apartment is very accessible. You really don't need to go above and beyond. One day I'll do a full tour of this apartment. It's not done yet. So those of you who watch this video, you're getting a little sneak peek. Little sneak peek. I'm going to put a full-on, like, MTV Cribs episode of this up one day, but um, this is part of what I think makes this game so unique, is it really allows you not only to have your own Final Fantasy so story, but it really allows you to make that story yourself. Like, look, I built this little, like, cafe with an office bedroom in the back. Hot tub cafe, baby. You could sit in the tub eat some grilled eel, smoke a cigar, drink that coconut. Is it coconut water, I think it is? It's either coconut water or coconut juice. Don't know. There's literally an Animal Crossing Island minigame. I wanted to shoot some footage of my island, but I didn't have enough time. Um, but I'll be doing an island tour too. That's right. Not only do you can you get an apartment like this, but you could get a whole island, which again, I'll be doing a tour of that too. Not in this podcast, but I'll upload it to the channel soon. I want to unlock a little bit more. But anyway, overall, you know, there's way more stuff to do. There's way more stuff to do in the post game. And there's way more stuff you can do around this game that I could ever get to. I'll stick to some post game extracurricular stuff for now. But just know that it goes so much further than this little apartment that I have. It go there's it really allows you to have your own story. Which is cool, man, because like if you love Final Fantasy, if you're new to Final Fantasy, it could work both ways. Maybe your first story with Final Fantasy is one you pave yourself. Maybe your first story is one of the classics. I don't know. But I just love the compatibility of it. I check it. Look at my homie. He's chilling about to eat that eel. But speaking of like extracurricular stuff, let's talk about the gold saucer. This is just another thing I wanted to show. And again, look, I'm big on... Look, I think at the heart and soul of every game is its combat, its story, and its campaign. And, you know, all those obviously go together. But I'm a big fan of stuff that brings you back. Can your game bring me back after I beat the campaign? After I know the story? After I've mastered the combat? Can you can you keep bringing me back? Real endgame is the Player House nightclubs. Dude! Leonardo's gotten some invites. He's just never honored one. Let's put it that way. But you know, just talking about the community before. Before I get into the gold saucer further. You know, part of the reason I wanted to show that apartment is because, uh, who was saying it? I think Corey was saying it. I lived in that, I moved my character into that apartment maybe within two or three days. I met like five to ten different players and numerous, new, like, I would say maybe three or four of them are like on my friends list now. It really is a very welcoming, friendly community, very welcoming, friendly game. It's, it's remarkable in that, in that sense. 
But anyway, getting back to the gold saucer here. And, you know, this is part of why I like games like Persona 5, too. I also think it's great when you could break up the gameplay. I love... Look, I'm a big action guy. Like, action RPGs are my favorite. Action combat, to me, is like... That's like peak gaming to me. Like, that's why I'm a big Kingdom Hearts fan. That's why I'm a big Final Fantasy fan, especially as of late. Is because that action, real-time combat, that's like an elevated experience. It's why I love fighting games, too. You know? But I especially appreciate it when a game allows you to mix up the gameplay. If you want to, like, goof off and go play some fun mini-games, you know, it's one thing for those mini-games to be there. It's another thing for those mini-games to actually be good. Now, look, if you're, you're, if you're not a stranger to this channel, you know I love Kingdom Hearts. But I gotta be honest, half the Kingdom Hearts mini-games are dog shit. And they're not worth coming back to. Half of them are good. I would say half of them are dog shit. A quarter of them are good, and a quarter of them are great. Um, but I don't think I've played... There's not one game in the Gold Saucer that I've played that I didn't enjoy. There was definitely a game or two I didn't understand, but even in not understanding it, I still found a way to enjoy it. Now, I'm a huge fan of Triple Triad. This is the other thing. I got so hooked on this, and this is what I mean when it's like, there's so many different ways you could play. I played the hell out of Triple Triad. And yes, I know, I'm doing a podcast about how Final Fantasy XIV might be the best game in the whole series. And yes, I'm talking to you about Triple Triad. But the ability to mix up gameplay and the ability to create minigames and to make those minigames fun and engaging and enjoyable, again, running that alongside the combat discussion we had before, it just makes for such a fun experience because, you know, there are some days I boot up FF14 and I don't want to play the story. There are some days I boot it up and I don't want to do a dungeon crawl. But there's stuff like this for me to do. There's stuff like the apartment and the island for me to do. It's things like that that keep me coming back and keep me coming back often. Patari says it's FF7 on all platforms. I don't know about all platforms, Patari, but it is a very accessible game. It's on the Switch. It's on every PlayStation system. You can get it on PC. You can get it on your phone if you're into that. Me personally, I'm not a big phone mobile guy. You like Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, yeah, me. I'm, I'm a poser. I don't really like it. Anyway. <laughs> Obviously, I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, triple triad aside, my point being... Not only does the game nail it when it comes to the meat and potatoes, which is stuff like combat, it nails it with stuff like these mini-games that allow you to break up the gameplay. Now, the next thing I want to get into, something a little bit more fun, I want to talk about my favorite characters. I picked my top 10 favorite characters, which is often a revolving door, but it is what it is. This is my... Top 10 as of November 15th, 2022 at 9.32 Eastern Standard Time. Let the record show. Let's start with Amaric, my dude. Let me tell you why I especially love Amaric. I'll get... I, I love his character, but to me, Amaric was like a signal that the game was picking up. Because again, I enjoyed A Realm Reborn... But Heaven Sword and Dragon Song were like a whole other level for me. And Amaric was a big part of that. So to me, it's like whenever I see Amaric, it's like it's just a reminder of the game elevating itself and the game stepping itself up. Now, with that said, as a character, I love this dude. This was one of the first characters I met along the way that I felt like really became a friend to my Warrior of Light. You know, you have the Scions of the Seventh Dawn, but I feel like a lot of them, you just become friends by association. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we're all the dorks that join the chess club. Of course we're going to be friends. Amberick was that first guy who seemed like he was across the aisle that, again, truly befriended your Warrior of Light. It's characters to me like Amaric that make your character come to life because he truly 
holds your character in high regard, develops his relationship with him throughout the campaigns. Um, then I think his voice actor does such a terrific job. Um, I absolutely love every single scene he's in. Um, he steals the show in a lot of ways. He's uh, very cool, very composed. He's definitely... You know, he's funny. He's that guy where it's like when you first meet him, you first see him, you listen to his voice, and you're like, oh, he's a he's a cool, suave dude. But then you get to know him, and it's like, oh, he's actually a dork, you know, just like the rest of us. But I love Amaric. Definitely a top 10 character. I'm not showing these in any specific order. Um, but Amaric easily, easily cracks my top 10. Next, we got to talk about Alphano and Alice. Um, you know, when I first met these characters, I liked them. I wasn't crazy about them. I thought they were good characters. They weren't ones that really caught my eye. Um, but man, does that change? Does that really change over time with the two of them? Um, there are points they made me belly laugh. There are points the two of them have made me cry. There are points like, I don't know. And I, I love their little sibling rivalry. I love the fact that they bicker. But with all that bickering, you know there's so much love between the two of them. And they annoy each other and they tease each other. But I don't know. Like, I grew up around two brothers. And whenever I see these two, like, just bickering or teasing or just competing it just reminds me of me and my siblings i even said i even said to my wife earlier tonight i was like if we have twins i just hope they get along like alphano and ali say i just hope they bicker and they fight but they're attached at the hip i don't know i just love these two characters um i think they're very endearing and you know there are few characters in final fantasy that grow Quite as much as Alphano in particular. Alice definitely grows a lot, but Alphano is a—he's a transformative character. Transformative. It's like the dude I met in *A Realm Reborn* and the guy I'm with in *Endwalker*. They almost seem like two different characters. Um, but I—I I love the two of them. I—I uh. Again, when I first when I first was introduced to these characters, I wasn't crazy about them, because um, you know I, I felt like they were idealistic brats, and they were idealistic brats, but they really grow out of it, and it's a joy to watch, an absolute joy to watch. So, moving on, let's talk about who might be my favorite character in the whole freaking thing. Might be my whole, my favorite character in the whole game, Estinian. You know, I, I love a character who, who is always striving to do what's right, who's always trying to, you know, do what's best for those around him. And let me tell you something. For a long time, Estinian is not that guy. For a long time, Estinian is not that guy. I, you know what I love more than watching a character that always knows what's right? I love watching a character that screws everything up, but then can piece it back together. I love a character that can collapse, but then rebuild. That that to me is um, that to me is a way more enjoyable experience than say a hero that always has a good moral compass. Uh, Estinian, like Alphino, is a very transformative character, and it's funny because the two the two of them uh, they really stick to each other. And they have a they have a little arc the two of them together that's especially enjoyable. Um, I love Estidian. I think he's a badass. I think he's funny. Um, watching him change and grow, uh, also pretty remarkable. Um, and I think his design is cool too. Let me tell you something before I continue. Two things that Final Fantasy XIV really has going for it. If we're talking about how it might be the best in the series, right? Here's what it has going for it. It's... Most Final Fantasy games are one campaign, right? One 40-hour campaign, and you're done. Final Fantasy XIV is 
countless 30 to 40 hour campaigns. So the amount that you get to, the amount of time you get to spend with these characters, the amount of opportunities they have to learn and grow and experience, it allows the, these writers and the people creating these characters to really flesh them out in a lot of fun and creative ways. So one of the things FF14 really has going for it that to me make it such a candidate for being one of the best of all time is that it doesn't waste any breath. It doesn't waste any screen time. It builds these characters every moment it can get, and it doesn't take for granted that it has countless hours to do it. It uses those countless hours to consistently build them, get you attached, you watch them grow, and in some cases, especially with Astinian, you watch them screw up and fix it. And I love that. Additionally, because you have to do so many different campaigns with these characters, they all get amazing glow-ups along the way. Which is pretty cool to see. Uh, but yeah. Next, I want to move on to my favorite villain in the series. Emmett Selk. I love Emmett Selk. But before I sing his praises, let me say this. My biggest critique of Final Fantasy XIV is its villains. It does not have bad villains. It has very good villains. Oftentimes, cool villains. But, the villains are very weak when compared to the protagonist's end of the cast. That said, that is not the case for Emmett Selk. Emmett Selk steals absolutely every single scene that he is in. He is I love villains who piss you off, but that you also feel sympathetic towards. Emmett Selk really captures that for me. There are points where he agitates me, and there are points where I feel sympathetic for him. Especially as you continue to play and you get to know him more and you learn what's going on with him. Um, again, I love villains who, when they show up, they kind of just steal the spotlight. He fits that. Through and through. Through and through. He fits that. Um, I wish the series had more villains like him. That could steal the show. Get you attached. Make you feel sympathetic. Almost make you root for them a little bit. Almost make you root for them a little bit. <laughs> but nonetheless. Though it is my biggest complaint. And my biggest criticism. It is not a reflection of this character in the slightest. Um, it's weird. It's like, you know when you've seen a character and it's like, you, it's like, I hope we get to see more of him, but I also hope we don't. You know, because I love so much of what they did with him. I'd hate for that to be tarnished in any way or, or tampered with. But honestly, when it comes to the storytelling of FF14... There's very few things they've done that I haven't absolutely loved. So if they're all in on it, I suppose I am too. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I got to run to the bathroom real quick. So we're going to take another quick break. I'm going to throw on The Last Stand from the Final Fantasy XIV soundtrack. When I come back, we're going to talk about a few remaining characters. Then we'll talk about the soundtrack and a couple other things. And then, uh, yeah, we'll keep it going from there. So we'll be right back and enjoy the tune.
Alrighty, okay. So to wrap us up on Emmett Selk, thanks for waiting, every, everybody, by the way. Thank you for waiting. Um, but to wrap it up, um, Emmett Selk, one of the best characters, not only in the series, but easily the best villain, um, I would say. I would say easily the best villain that this particular entry has to offer. So, moving on to another character that is a big favorite of mine. Not Gozetsu. I love Gozetsu. But Lord Hien. I have to admit, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty dorky. It's pretty dorky of me to admit this, but I have to admit it anyway. Um, Lord Hien is one of those characters that like I want to be more like. He's just one of those characters where it's like, oh, I, I want to be more like this guy. More composed, more at peace, you know, stuff like, I don't know. There's a lot to love about Hien, but I think his cool, calm, collective composure really not, really suits the whole samurai thing, obviously, right? Because he's a samurai, which by the way, I, you know, I got a soft spot for the samurai at the end of the day, um, but he might be my favorite samurai in all of fiction. And that's a, that's, a, that's a tough one for me. But again, I, it's just every time this guy was on screen, one, he captivated me. Two, I love how, I love how so much of the plot moved through him. His hair is top notch. Everything about him is top notch, Andy Brew. What's going on, by the way, my dude? How are you? Dude, his hair is top notch. The robe is top notch. You know... I ended up leveling up Samurai all the way to level 90 because of this guy. Um, not only because of him, playing a Samurai was particularly fun. That always helps. Um, but he's just one of those characters who stole the show. He's very virtuous, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't wear his virtue on his sleeve. You know what I mean? He's just, he moves and leads with what, with what he believes to be virtuous. And he may not always be right, you know, and that's, again, a major theme in FF14 is things aren't black and white. The truth is very often gray. And even the people we disagree with, there are some, there are some ideas they have that may be better than ours, you know? Um, but that's something I really like about Lord Hien too, is there's something very open-minded about the guy. There's something that even when we're dealing with our enemies in Stormblood, there's a part of him that's sympathetic. There's a part of him that's empathetic. He really embodies that warrior poet vibe that you want from your samurai. And again, how do you not love that robe? How do you not love that robe? Come on. Uh-oh. <coughs> Wrong pipe. <coughs> I do that at least once an episode. It's what happens when I try talking before I've actually swallowed the water. I have a tendency to get ahead of myself. If you haven't noticed. Now, with that said, to wrap it up on Hien, he's another one like Estinian and Americ, where they kind of just have this cool guy charisma that sort of just captures the scene. And, you know, I, I can't quite remember what movie or book or show, wherever this quote might be from, but it's like, you could know nothing about, you could know nothing about a man, but you could learn everything about him by how his friends feel about him. I'm paraphrasing, but it's along those lines. And when you see Lord, Lord Hien, and you see how loyal Gosetsu and Yuguri are to him, it says a lot about his character. Because Gosetsu and Yuguri... <clears throat> These are tough, tough characters. And for them to have such a respect for him, again, it says a lot. It says a whole lot. Uh, we'll talk about Yuguri later. But I want to talk about Lise. I want to talk about Lise. Who, by the way, this is a character that gets way too much flack. There's one in every there's one in every series, there's one in every game, there's one in every show, there's one in every movie. There's always one character that doesn't get the flack they deserve. 
in my opinion, based on what I've seen, I think Lise is that character. I think she's a tremendous character. I think she's an admirable character. And I don't know. I get, I agree with the notion that Stormblood was weaker than Heavensward. I liked Heavensward better than Stormblood. Um, so I, I'm somebody who I definitely agree with that take. But I don't think Stormblood being weaker than Heavensward can be laid at the feet of Lys. I think Lys is such a strength for Stormblood, along with characters like Hien and Yugiri. But Lys is one of those characters that really benefit from Final Fantasy XIV having numerous campaigns. Now, I said I'm going to keep this very spoiler light, but there's a certain, and I know transformative is like my word of the day with this game. But again, if you're going to have all these hours of gameplay and cutscenes, you have to make these characters transformative. There are very few characters in the series that transform quite as much as Lise. And you love to see that. You love to see a character sort of um, transcend their own faults and insecurities. And there are few characters who embody that as much as Lise. And you know, there's something in Lise's story that I really relate to. You know, I am a... Uh, I'm someone who believes my hometown isn't what it used to be. It's still a, it's still a lovely place. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's not the town I grew up in. When I look around, it just it's still a nice place, but it, it it's just not the town I grew up in. Um, Lise is somebody who, when we meet her, she's no longer a resident of the place where she came from or the place from which she's originally. Um, because having when she goes back to see the place from which she's from, she doesn't recognize it. You know, and um, she sees the people who, who are from her hometown. And this one is a little bit more individual to her. But she sees the people from her hometown are just like beaten down, tired, shells of their former selves. And in Final Fantasy XIV, what you have going on typically is in her hometown, the Empire's boot is weighing heavy. Just to put it bluntly, like I said, I want to keep this podcast as spoiler-free as possible. There's only so much I could do. So I'm trying to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. But the Empire's boot is clamping down. And Lise is that character that goes back, goes back to them and says, you don't have to take this. You don't have to take that boot on your neck. She even, like, not taunts, but, like, challenges somebody. It's like, oh, is that good enough for you just to live another day? Like, that's enough for you not to live with dignity, not to live with freedom, not to live with love. You know, you want to live with fear. That's what you're going to choose. And like, there's something very brave and bold about that. It's it's an attitude we all like to believe we, we, we embody. But when push comes to shove, it's really not so easy. Lise is a character who walks the walk. She didn't always, but in Stormblood she does. I like the character a lot. Um, but yeah, that's Lise. Let's move on. We, the Scions, wouldn't be anything if not for Tataru. Uh, look, I don't have a whole lot to say about Tataru because she mostly plays the same role in every campaign. But I like that because if you're talking to Tataru, it means you're home. It means you're at headquarters, you know? You're with the Scions. And I, don't get me wrong, she comes with you to location to location, but she's usually posted up at the headquarters. You know what I mean? Whatever the headquarters of that location may be, she posts up there. Also, there's something adorable and endearing about a Lalafell such as her going to the pubs, getting drunk, and gathering information. And the fact that that is her role numerous times will never cease to be enjoyable for me. Hey, just a waffle, cousin of Pancake. How is it going, my dude? Thanks for dropping in here. We're just talking a little FF14, nothing crazy. But yeah, dude, home sweet home. Tataru in a lot in a lot of ways, whenever you're interacting with this character, in a lot of ways, it usually feels like you're back home or back at headquarters. However you choose to see it. But yeah, that is uh that's uh it's little Tataru. Let's talk about Yugiri, who I love I don't know. Maybe I'm simple. I can accept that. 
But there's something about like a samurai ninja duo that I absolutely love. Um, I could do a whole spin-off game of Yugri and, and Lord Hien. I mean it. I mean it. And I'm begging the devs to bring the two of these characters back. I'm begging. I could I I could watch those two all day. But anyway, let's stick to Yugri. Yugri's fun because when we first meet her, and this isn't giving away too much, but when we first meet her, you can't really see you can't see her face. She's a a refugee in disguise per se. And I love that because of course, you know what makes where samurai are very forward and they fight like with honor forwardly forthrightly ninjas are a little bit more in the shadows ninjas are a little bit more guerrilla warfare ninjas are a little bit more tactful um and i love when a character's class kind of comes forward in their behavior in their personality and there's something about yugri where almost everything about her seems shinobi-ish almost everything about her seems ninja-esque and having that in contrast to Lord Hien, Lord Hien, who she holds in such high regards, high regards, excuse me, is just great to watch. Secondly, I think her design is awesome. I personally am a big fan of the Aura, that race. As you know, my Warrior of Light is an Aura. I think her design's incredible. Here's a look of her when she had her face covered. She even looked cool then. Like, she even looked cool then when you couldn't even see her freaking face. She looked cool. But anyway, she's just a character that I've always enjoyed. I'm begging for them to bring her back. Um, there was one scene, I should have hunted it down, but like, there's one scene that warms my heart. It's like the Warrior of Light, Lord Hien, and Gosetsu, I think it's Gosetsu, are all sitting around a table like they're having tea, they're talking, they're laughing, they're bonding. And you see that like Yugri's spying on them. You know, being a ninja. She's she's spying on them, she's watching for the shadows, kind of just watching from afar. I think it's Lord Hien who notices. It might be Gosetsu. Might even be your warrior of light. But anyway, one of them notices and kind of calls to her to come join them. And then she smiles and joins them. And it's just little slice of life things like that. For some reason, they stick with me much more than, say, some battle scenes do. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird like that. Anyway. Anyway. That's 9 out of 10 characters for my top 10. I got one left. This wouldn't be a Final Fantasy XIV podcast if we didn't talk about Yashtola. Who... You know what I love the most about her character? I think out of all the scions of the Seventh Dawn, she messes up the most. She gets herself in the most trouble. She needs to be saved countless times. Um, she can be stubborn. Like, what I love about Yashola is she's brilliant, but she's so deeply flawed. It's like, that's the price she pays, you know? The price she pays for being such a brilliant sorceress, scientist, warrior, are, are these just abundance of flaws that she's stubborn, she's overly curious, um, she gets herself into trouble time and time again, needs to be saved. Yep, the Sailor Moon character. Oh, I guess, I guess, yeah, she, she does have like Sailor Moon eyes, you could say. I see that. I see that. But Yashola is a character who just never stops growing. I think she's a character who the devs have known what they wanted to do with her for the longest time. Like, from the outset, she was always interesting. She was always uh, fun to be around. She was always just a good character to have in the mix. But, you know, it's funny. I think I've only realized this as of late. And I feel so stupid. And maybe I'm projecting this. And maybe someone in the comments or in the chat tonight would like to come at me for this. But I actually think her entire personality is that she's just a cat. Right? So like I was saying before, she's overly curious. That gets her into trouble all the time. Curiosity killed the cat. Uh, small spoiler alert, but it's something a lot of people know already. She's blind. 
And it's her own curiosity that cost her her sight. Again, this is again my point where this is a character who fails time and time again and has to pay a price time and time again. And again, it comes from this curiosity of being the cat. And it's like, of course the sorcerer scientist cat would be overly curious. Um, you know, as we saw in the beginning, she's often, you know, at oftentimes she's seen napping, taking a little cat nap. Um, what else? That's the other thing. She always lands on her feet. Even though Yastola falls down time and time again, like a good cat, she always lands on her feet. And again, I don't know if any of that is intentional, if it's coincidental, but I just appreciate them making her a cat through and through. But anyway, that's my top 10 as far as characters go. I think Final Fantasy XIV has one of the strongest casts in the entire series. There's a character for everyone. That's a great way to see it. There's really, there's really a character for everyone. There we go, bringing it home. But yeah, I mean, so look, we've talked about the combat. We've talked about sort of like the post-game extra stuff you could do. We've talked about the characters. I've touched on the plot. I guess here's what I'd say. All the campaigns, they do create one continuous plot. So, you know, there are callbacks. Everything is connected. And from A Realm Reborn to Endwalker is one complete saga. So, even though a lot of A Realm Reborn is backstory, like, a lot of A Realm Reborn is fleshing things out, backstory, giving you all the game modes. A lot of it is like setting the stage. And then Heaven Sword is where things start to really tumble in motion. But you know, before I get into say the soundtrack or the plot, I do want to talk about something that makes this game in particular unique. You know, it's not often we see a game like this, which at launch was a complete and utter failure. At launch, this game was a failure, abysmal. And they retooled it into the most popular MMO today. That's astounding. Everybody loves a good comeback story. We love it in our characters. We love it in our athletes. But this game is a comeback story. This is from worst to first. This is from lead to gold. And the devs and everyone in Creative Business Unit 3 should honestly be proud of themselves. They took what initially looked to be a disaster and turned it into what I believe is the most profitable game in Square Enix's history. It's a 12-year marathon. And they say they got another 10 years ahead of them. Crazy to think about. But... I'm trying to think if we should talk about the soundtrack or the plot next. I guess because we are coming up on an hour here. Let's talk about the soundtrack briefly. Because I did touch on it earlier a bit. At the end of the day, things with music are insanely subjective. I actually, I actually think things like music are more subjective than, say, something like gameplay or contact, contact combat. But I would go so far as to say it's the best soundtrack in all of Final Fantasy. Because there's truly just something for everybody. There's something for everybody. It's got great sort of like ambient relaxing songs it's got like heavy metal songs it's got like orchestra movie score songs it's got like silly gold saucer versions like it's and man like 
the title tracks for Shadowbringers and Endwalker, like Footfalls, Footfalls is... I'd go so far as to say Footfalls is the best title track Square Enix has put out. Hollow for FF7 Remake, probably a close second. But nothing beats Footfalls for me. Just a Waffle says, a very fantastic Final Fantasy XIV game. It is a very fantastic Final Fantasy. I can say that with the utmost confidence. Um, but the soundtrack's remarkable. Like I said, there's something for everybody in there. And that's been an overall theme with FF14, is there really is something for everybody. And that's why I think it works as a Final Fantasy, right? Because Final Fantasy is supposed to be this series that is always shaking itself up. It's a series where, you know, every game is offering you something new, where you can start anywhere. FF14 does that over and over and over again within itself. Um, but soundtrack aside, if we talk about the plot for a minute, this is probably the most mature plot I've seen come out of Final Fantasy. Not mature like, oh, it's edgy and it uses big words and... Like, no, nothing like that. When I say it's mature, I mean it... It really does a diligent and careful job of questioning its own ideas. Of philosophically introducing something, be it a concept or a philosophical question, and then interrogating it. Not to give too much away... But there's a character in Endwalker, and this person isn't the villain, but they sort of enable the villain. And they enable the villain because they believe that the truth will prevail. They've heard the villain out and the villain's case for existence, and they've heard the protagonist's case for existence. And this is a character who believes it's not necessarily their job to take sides, but they almost take the, it seems they take the position of this needs to duke itself out. I want to see what would happen if this truly fleshes itself out. Again, a curiosity, right? There's always a, a danger to the curiosity in this game. Um, but I guess that's what I mean is when it introduces a problem or a philosophical idea or an ideal or uh, a political issue or anything like that, it it interrogates it from all sides and all angles. And it goes to show you that the world's not black and white. You can't break things down as good and evil. Which again, this is something Final Fantasy has done in the past. But I think FF14 just goes very far with it. They're not afraid to bring up challenging things. And it's not an easy time to bring up challenging things. But FF14 does. And it does it, in my opinion, quite tastefully. But, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I don't know if any... <clears throat> Excuse me. It's getting late. My voice is worn out. Again, I, I'm going to try in the future to do podcasts a little earlier... Because by the end of the night, between my job and playing guitar and stuff and singing and all this, my voice is usually pretty worn out by the end of the night. So I'm going to try and do podcasts a little bit earlier, just so I'm a little more fresh. But uh, unless anyone in the chat has any questions, any comments, um, anything to offer, I'm looking to actually wrap it up here. Um, I'm glad we got to talk about one of my favorite games. Um, I love this game. I'm going to be playing it for a long time. Uh, Trias says, thank you for the wonderful stream, homie. Dude, thank you for hanging out, man. I appreciate you coming through. Just Waffle says, for how long will FF14 be good or bad, or how hard uh, is the future holding it off? Um, the director says they're going to do this for another 10 years. And I think it's going to be 10 years of them getting better and better. One question. Do you want a dream wish for FF14 and Kingdom Hearts? Yes, actually. 
I'm glad you brought this up. Before we wrap it up. Oh, before we wrap it up. Oh, boy. They've talked about that. And Yoshi P said he'll only do it if it's canon. Don't quote me on that. I think I just hearsay. Could just be a weird translation. But I heard Yoshi P wants to do it. But he'll only do it if it's canon. Which I would love. I'd love. I'd kill for a Kingdom Hearts FF14 crossover. To me, that sounds perfect. All right. So if you are hanging out on Twitch, let's see. Let's see. Who can we raid? Unless somebody wants to throw a question at me. We're looking for someone we can raid. You know what? Let's hit Dark Crocodile. I like the croc. He's playing Overwatch 2. Okay. I'm probably going to skip over Overwatch 2. I thought about giving it a shot, but... I don't know. I've got FF14 to play. That's literally my rationale now. Whenever I want to try a new game, I'm like, eh, but got FF14. I'm just kidding. Just Waffle says, I hope so for Sora meeting the team and you with more dreams to come true. Ah, oh, man, if Sora met, if my Warrior of Light got to kick it with Sora, man, I'd love that. I would love that so much. But anyway, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you on the next one. I got some theories dropping the next few days. A lot of love to all of you. A lot of love to the sages. We'll see you next time.